Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This week on the program, nobody gets a raw deal when you're watching this one. It's Raw Deal. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. I'm Jamel Bowie. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to this, that's right, quarantined edition. Uh, and since we're quarantined and we're using the magic of the internet, we're welcoming our good friend Jamel Bowie back to the program. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. Glad to be here. Glad to be talking about Schwarzenegger as the world falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting a raw deal lately. Um, <laughs> it's true. I always knew I was going to go out this way. Talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger as the world ends by e- being eaten to death by a plague and rich people. Yep, totally, dude. Uh, so in the meantime, before that inevitable conclusion uh, <laughs> re- uh, reveals itself, this is Raw Deal from 1986, directed by John Irvin, director of previous episode, by the way, the also Chicago set Next of Kin. Yep. Oh, nice. That's also a-, a movie where a person from Europe is pretending they've lived in America the entire time. <laughs> Liam Neeson, well, yeah. He's a British director, I was noticing. Uh, a British feller. Oh, is called. that why it's so nuanced and cultured? <laughs> yeah, yes, that's why. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he also directed Hamburger Hill, which is like a great war movie. Mm, I was like kind of surprised that he did something legitimate. I, I like, like my right. medium uh, rare, please. Oh, okay, man, you like your war medium rare? Is it? <laughs> little bit of a, a, a pedigree going on here, aside from Mr. Irvin. Written by Norman Wexler, who did several things, including Saturday Night Fever uh, and Serpico, pretty interestingly. And then edited by Ann V. Coates, who did Lawrence of Arabia and In the Line of Fire and Out of Sight. So, like, weird pedigree for this early 80s or mid-80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Very weird. Like, what? why? Why? (laughs) Hard times. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Cutting Schwarzenegger and cutting O'Toole, same thing. (laughs) <laughs> you'd be you'd be amazed at the star prowess that is happening on both of these levels. It's just amazing. So I'm going to I want to do my first of many attempts to get Jamel fired from the New York Times. Jamel, you <laughs> gave you were like, let's do raw deal. So this is right. your pick. Yes, but I'm just curious why why this specifically. So 
a couple reasons. The first is that this is one of those Schwarzenegger movies that I find really weird. It's mm. like really fucking weird in that the the fact that it has such an unusually high pedigree gets to its weirdness. It does not feel like it was written for Arnold Schwarzenegger whatsoever. Totally. Like most of the movie feels like we'll get to this, but the even the very end, which is like this weirdly out of place, like touching scene, yeah. feels like it was written for like who someone who would have at the time been a real actor. <laughs> right. Like put in I'm trying to think of someone put in, you know, like uh uh De Niro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Peter O'Toole, um, <laughs> Bruce Willis, kind of a real actor. Yeah, Bruce Willis or uh, whomever. But like, it, it just it doesn't feel like a Schwarzenegger movie. And the the incongruency between the script and the style of the film, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a, a truly fucking massive Arnold Schwarzenegger who towers over everyone in the movie, makes it hilarious to me, and I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> And the other thing is, is it's unlike most of his other 80s output. This one is really not, it's, it's somewhat obscure, right? Like no one really yeah, talks I, about or yeah. watches this one. I, I haven't, I didn't see this until like I watched it for the first time like a year ago. It, wow. It was yeah. sort of hidden. And you're right. He's like at his beefiest here. This is like Conan the Barbarian level of beefcake. Well, we're it's post, al- uh, we're post Terminator at this point by two years. Right, post Terminator, just before Predator. It's also uh, a very good looking. It's shot pretty damn well. It is. Uh, I, I thought it, most of it, I was like, I could watch this. I, I don't. I don't even care about this. The, I, mean, I think the opening sequence is legitimately great, like for <laughs> for what it is. Well, I was a little bummed. The movie starts with uh, you you open on an Amtrak train. I'm like, oh shit, murder on the Amtrak. Get me going. <laughs> and, it, and it's not that. It's just like some guy gets off the Amtrak. It's like okay. Well, yeah. that's what's awesome about the the introduction to this. It's just a montage of dudes getting in position. Mm-hmm. I am Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I am portraying Perot, and I am <laughs> going to have to go through all your bags and find out who the killer is. Dude, I would rather they did that remake of Mortar on the Orient Express with Arnold instead of Johnny Depp. That would have been great. So yeah. it's Branna who is Perot. Oh, Branna That's plays him. Yeah. Who's Johnny Depp in that movie? Yeah, who's Johnny Depp in the movie? He's then? he's the gangster. Uh, 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 spoiler alert: He dies. He's the he's the person who dies and whose murder they're trying to figure. He's out. like the oh. Mister. Yeah, he's like the corpse yeah. that he's like the Mister Body from Clue or something. I mean, Dude, honestly, so wait, who who would who would care though, right? Like, if, if <laughs> I were on a train and a guy like that got murdered, I'd be like, ah, oh, too bad. Yeah, uh, when's guy- the next stop we're gonna continue right <laughs> leave alone a guy like that hey johnny depp died huh? <laughs> i don't know i feel like if if johnny depp died on the train i was on i would tweet about it I'd be oh like, of course yeah i would hashtag it, for the it corpse photos it. dude yeah totally I would, yeah, I would send precisely two tweets. <laughs> One of the initial, like, wow, and then like a 10 minute follow up just to let people know if I was on my way or not. Uh, this well, this, movie... uh, this body bag's the best thing he's been in in years. <laughs> oh, come on. This, uh, this movie, in a nutshell, is Arnold is a disgraced FBI agent uh, who has reinvented himself as a small town sheriff who is brought back into the FBI sort of like in an unofficial way by Darren McGavin uh, because there's this mafia syndicate that has killed this dude's father, yada, yada, Arnold Revenge. I think the funniest thing about this movie, though, it's a movie that tells you that Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing a guy that's supposed to be like 
infiltrating the mafia. Yeah. If there's one I, thing the mafia doesn't have, it's like bodybuilders. You can have like fat guys. You can have in shape dudes to a point. No bodybuilders allowed in the mafia, which is yeah. the most hysterical you, incongruity. You don't have time for it. That's a lot of work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Muscle's an expression, you know? It's not an actual physical quality of these men. Totally. He, but this is what gets to what's so funny about this is that there are these serious mob scenes, like in offices and sort of like, hey, who are you? Who are you? Where are you from? And then you'd have Arnold Schwarzenegger in some like, you know, pinstripe suit with wide lapels <laughs> and slip back, slick back hair. And, uh, you know, just like staring straight at the, the other actress and, you know, I'm... I'm in the mob. No, you're not. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Also, it's also like, it's a very specifically an Italian mob too. And you got this big German dude walking around, Austrian specifically, but like you have this guy walking around, not necessarily. Also, I, I don't know. I mean, we got, you know, I know, yeah, he's Australian and everything, but I mean, they had our back in World War II. So why not, uh, you know, all you have to make sense to me. Also, like when Arnold is cast in this role, all you have to do is flip one tiny thing with the script and that is just have him get in with the polish mafia yes because you've got like the italian chicago mafia versus like polish jewish mafia arnold at least could be like uh yeah i too am from europe of somewhere <laughs> his you know last I mean? name is kaminsky in this so that would fit yeah, like totally. He could, he could be like the world's largest like Polish Jew mafia guy because like that's that's what the other mo- it's like a Jewish mafia yeah. run by Stephen Hill. Like he's just like yes, I am with you now, Stephen Hill. Let us keep it kosher and start exterminating. Here, I need to to pay off Jack McCoy. He's on my ass, dude. It was weird, Kevin, watching Stephen Hill in this movie because I don't right? know that I've seen him in anything outside of Law and Order, and I just wanted, uh, you know, Jack McCoy to rush in and just be like, Adam, I need a favor. Did you know that his name is actually Adam Schiff in that show? Oh, really? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm almost. I'm like 100 percent positive on this. I do love. So speaking to our like mob mob type guys, these these guys that perform the initial hit, the dude that's leading them is Victor Argo, and I'm like, where is Victor? When is he coming back? I, he's so cool in the in that first scene, and he's just totally gone. None of the mob dudes in that first scene are in the rest of the movie, and it leads me to believe that this opening scene was like the sizzle reel like dino de laurentis was like oh i need to see a little something before i put my money in the movie and yeah. so they did this which is a totally awesome scene that kind of feels like ripped from a way better movie i mean i liked this movie but this opening is like something you be if you told someone like oh this is a deleted scene from godfather 2 You'd probably fool some people. <laughs> I like that your Dino De Laurentiis is like the old Gary Oldman Dracula in <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. I well, imagine him with this big fucking white hair up here. I Dude, wish he was I immortal. Think, well, I think Dino De Laurentiis and Dracula have in common that they are indeed the one true evil. You know? sure. so, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's this big thing. I love the dialogue going on between some of these dudes like. There's, it's like a, sh- a shed or a, a shack, a cabin of FBI agents um, keeping this informant who's going to testify in protection. And the mafia swarms in and shoots all these dudes. But you've got these two FBI guys sitting there like, hey, uh, you know exactly how many Oscar nominations John Wayne received? And this, this other is- guy's like, not enough. And then they're <laughs> murdered. And it's like, could you imagine that being your last conversation? 
Yes. I mean, the best part I, is they're not just murdered. He puts the card away. Like, that was a correct answer. They were playing Trivial Pursuit. That's right. I don't think it was for a piece, though, Jamel. I think he moved on to the next square. But, yeah, it was. he does put the card away. That'll, I'll take it. You know what? That, that, that's a wedge. Take a wedge. You earned it. Put that wedge in. I don't know how how you don't give him the Oscar for The Conqueror. I don't know. Do you see that performance? <laughs> Phenomenal. Andrew, I'll say just on the, it looks like it was ripped from a better movie point. I was, I've been trying to think of what movie it could have been ripped from. And what it looks like is it was ripped from an episode of Miami Vice. Yes. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, that's totally, that's like the cold open of a Miami Vice episode. Or yeah, move, like, or the movie, yeah. It's so like process centric. Like they get off, they do this. You see them put the guns together and all this stuff, and that never happens ever again. Right? No, no. The, the next scene is Arnold fucking chasing uh, a guy on a motorcycle. Like it's a a Smokey and the Bandit scene. It's dude. And here's the thing: I need this Arnold movie. Like we've seen Arnold do Small Town Sheriff. Like what was that movie with Arnold? Uh, is it Arnold and Johnny Knoxville? Where the Last Stand is what you're talking stand. about. Yeah, no, where right. he's like a small town sheriff there. But this feels more like Walking Tall. This opening yep. is like Buford Pusser. F- fucking Arnold as Buford Pusser would be amazing, dude. When what? they did the remake with The Rock, they should have just had Arnold do it instead. Age be damned. Yeah, totally. I think he was <laughs> I mean, governor then, right? 2004 uh, that sounds right yes yeah, yeah that that's right because gray davis had just been recalled the previous year but see the thing with the last stand is i believe him more of a, as a sheriff as old arnold yeah young arnold it looks so alien him doing anything lower than alien or bodybuilder just it doesn't make <laughs> sense to me at all well it is weird that he's like yeah i am the sheriff like he <laughs> Like, hearing Arnold have to say the word sheriff is in itself kind of funny. Because it's a long scene where he chases this guy down, and eventually this one, he, he turns him in. You don't know, he's chasing a cop, so you're really confused. A cop on a motorcycle, and he's like, he's arrested for impersonating an officer. And it's like, okay. And the guy's like, you got it, sheriff. Like, hey, audience, I'm just letting you know, he's the sheriff, not me. <laughs> it's one of the best Arnold line readings in the movie is when he's telling this deputy, like, what the charges are. And he's like reckless driving impersonating a police officer and lying to the sheriff <laughs> the sheriff which is me Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, that's a line I, I heard that line a ton I think it was in some of the Arnold soundboards and so I've heard oh. this line before I saw the movie the punishment for lying to the sheriff death <laughs> Dude, well, the way he captures this guy is fucking rad as hell, right? Like, he basically drives into the woods and, like, just runs some gasoline along the road. The stogie. Oh, dude, my stogie. I mean, my hot tub practicing social distancing (laughs) with my stogies. And uh, I have a stogie here, and I'm pouring gasoline all over the road, having a stogie. (laughs) The thing about that capture is it's so casual. This must be a thing that happens a lot. Yes. Yeah, he had to, he's like, oh, I got him with the old cigar trick again. <laughs> I feel like the idea is they catch this guy because he's been doing a lot of bad shit on the road. Because this is way too much of a resource, even for the sheriff's office. to like to, For the sheriff to spend this much time on a guy just impersonating an officer. Well, that's the thing. What's the story, dude? I mean, is, is he like Harvey Keiteling, like bad lieutenant or I something? I think so. I think he's jerking off on windshields or whatever but we also they mention or whatever whatever one of the crimes that he perpetrated they uh, arnold says is uh he got like 50 dollars from someone to get out of a ticket 
So this this guy's trying to profit off of pretending to be a cop. Oh, which is great idea. Only cops can profit from being cops. That's that's, that's right. the problem. That's exactly. That's right, I just I just think that if, if if Arnold is willing to set fire to a road to stop this one guy who's just speeding, then someone who I don't know like robbed the candy store must be executed on the spot. <laughs> oh, this town has a lot of public hangings. Absolutely. <laughs> He gets it like full on Conan garb and decapitates people. Yeah, a payday. I hope it was worth it. Uh, we get a glimpse into Arnold's home life uh, when he goes home, and his his wife uh, is sitting in the kitchen icing a cake or over icing a cake, I should say, while also uh, with a with a big uh, glass of something uh, that and- she's been going at for a while. It seems. And Wagner at 11 in the background. <laughs> yeah, she's going for something, man. Dude. She's going through something is what's going on. Well, you know what? I, I sympathize. She's been isolated in a house for uh, some unknown amount of time. Absolutely. I would make a cake and, uh, you know. <laughs> think, what does the cake say? Like shit on it or something? It just says <laughs> shit, which I thought, you know, there's a bakery up the street. And for my wife's birthday, we had them make a cake. And I went and I picked it up. Uh, it was all very socially distanced and whatnot, but we didn't have anything put on it. And I was like, I wonder if this bakery would write shit on it. And I would be like, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, I'm not gonna like call you out if you don't want me to, but I would love to have a cake that just says shit written. On. You, 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 they wouldn't say anything. They would just give it to you full price. And then the guy would be like, I love raw deal too. And he would like hand it to you. Like, oh, that movie rules. Dude, if oh, that you... happened, 50% tip guaranteed. They better be drunk while making that cake, though. <laughs> oh, you think that's bad? I handle divorce cakes, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> this is light. But this I... cake scene gives us the exposition of like, they've been living there for five years. She's miserable. They used to live in New York and this whole prior FBI thing. Yeah, right. to Jamel's point, I'm like, dude, doing that in the 80s without fucking any kind of Netflix or whatever, just like the three main channels, I would be pretty lit and pretty upset baking as well. I'm kind of drunk all the time now, uh, <laughs> so I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of rapidly going through my edible stash. So. <laughs> yeah. You gotta do it. Uh, so we, uh, we Arnold gets a phone call. Oh, well, she throws the cake at him, by the way, and it ends with Arnold. Great, uh, the more you know public service announcement, down to drink and bake. <laughs> I do love later he like kind of puts her to bed. She like kind of passes out. They show this this house they're living in. She is a little bit flying off the handle because these built-in bookshelves are pretty gorgeous. Oh, it looks nice, doesn't it? <laughs> it oh. does look nice. It's some Nancy Meyer shit in there. <laughs> it is. They look yeah, like they got we some have land. this house. We bought it from a Nancy Meyer's movie. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they have a lot of land. I don't know. I'd they, be pretty outside. Well, you're supposed to, I guess, glean like, you know, she's a city gal and loves the go-go life of, I guess, being married to an FBI agent. But country living is the life for me. (laughs) (laughs) Green Acres would have been awesome. Oh, you you switch it. You get an American woman and and an Austrian, you know, sounding man. Now it's different. And they moved to rural Austria. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other question is, uh, no, so... But in that, like in this large scene where she throws the cake, she's upset. Yeah. He kind of he does reveal he's like, I wa- he was or do we find it out here? Or do we find it in the Darren McGavin scene wherein he like really it's, reveals what what what? It's made him later. Go to exile? 
it's later, but it doesn't matter, Steve. So if you want to just let that rip right now, it's just basically he um, find a ch- a guy who murdered, mutilated, and killed a, a little girl, or raped, murdered, mutilated a little girl, uh, uh, and he uh, beat my, him up really bad. May I do it, please? Uh, molested, murdered, and <laughs> mutilated. <laughs> I've been paying for beating up Freddy Krueger for so many years. <laughs> I was kicked off the force for yeah. the Krugening. I didn't <laughs> I didn't push him into the furnace. I wiped my hands of it matter like Pontius Pilate. Listen, how was I supposed to know he was going to come back periodically and haunt people in their dreams? I had no idea that shit was going to happen. I but offered you- to come back to some of those sequels and eradicate the problem, but they never asked me to go. I always I also love um and it is something where like Arnold is upset at this prosecutor played by Frank from Murphy Brown. If you dude, watch, thank you. I was wondering if anyone was going to recognize Frank, dude. So he he was the uh, prosecutor who wound up like letting or they're like the yeah because he's like the ADA, right? Yes, he's a prosecutor and, that did the absolute right thing, which is get this guy off the fucking force right, and out of get, there. And he does him a favor too. He says, "Arnold, listen." Either you resign or I'm going to prosecute you for the assault of Frederick Krueger. <laughs> so he resigns and he's able to recoup his law enforcement bona fides by getting this job as a small town sheriff. Wait, are you telling me you kept his fucking sweater? <laughs> that should be an evidence. Uh, Darren McGavin's character, Harry, uh, gives Arnold a call and he's like, hey, man, we got to talk, uh, you know, come meet me wherever he winds up me it's at like a weird like i guess like it's a town hall where he goes into the office where it says like divorce counseling or something or marriage counseling yes it's and very, he's like uh, i don't know is this like he's just renting a room or is it like the fbi secretly names their offices different things like i didn't get the joke here it might just be like a random little uh, at the city hall building some sort of yeah. Room for as someone who lives in kind of a small town, those places do exist. Kind of just like, hey, ever all legal things happen in this room, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's a multi-use kind of situation. I love Arnold pulling up to the the town hall here. Did you guys notice one of the absolute worst park jobs I've ever seen? He pulls up like right in front of the curb, and it's like he could do a totally front pull in, totally fine, and it's like angled like his car pulls in at one of the absolute worst angles i've ever seen and he gets out of the car and leaves that and i was like pig parker he's the sheriff dude what are you gonna do write him a ticket yeah that's true <laughs> i could park we, we wherever already, i want we already know that he is the law in this town he can set people on fire <laughs> i love uh, the um well the idea is like he left the force blah blah, blah or or the fbi rather and I guess this works like being in a in a big business situation wherein like you I don't know if you could just become the sheriff somewhere else just because you're in the FBI. I don't know how that demotion system works necessarily. Uh yeah, that's a great question. I mean, maybe they say five years, right? Maybe he had to build himself up a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. Uh, on one hand, that does sound dubious. On the other hand, Steven Seagal in real life is a sheriff's deputy, so I don't know. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> The, the is... dog, the dog burner himself. Oh wait, what is this now? Him and Sh- uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, yeah, another they, fucking great American. What about they did like an ep? There, there was something together they were doing, and like Joe Arpaio, like 
forced a dog back inside a burning house. What the fuck? This wild story. <laughs> you got to find Chris it. Cabin. Was this yes. on Steven Seagal Lawman? Uh, it might have been. And they might have cut this part out. Like, it was while they were together. Jesus well, Christ. Well, you started the fire, Roscoe. You better get in there and fucking fix it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Dog desperately drooling on the fire to try to put it out. Oh. <laughs> I've been saying Darren McGavin. It's uh, Dabney Coleman, is it not? Is no, that it's what Darren it's, McGavin. No, it's, it is, is Darren it? McGavin, yes. Yeah. All right, I was writing Dabney Coleman in these notes the whole time, and that's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, Darren McGavin, fuck Kolchak himself. Okay. What, what threw you is Darren McGavin in this role has a mustache. Yes. It's probably what did it. That is Dabney Coleman's like corner. I feel like he would get, like, you call Darren McGavin late, late one night. So you better shut. You, you get this one movie, but you better fucking yeah. shave it. <laughs> well, he didn't have fuck a, up. A, uh, he didn't have like a 90 watt bald head that yeah. anytime light hits it just goes there i do love the first Dabney. uh now you got me doing it Darren i'm sorry McGavin. i'm sorry the first Darren mcgavin scene is after the victor argo massacre and they're like there's like 80s csi which is just dudes in red jumpsuits without gloves on it's just basically yep. like yep that's human blood that's all we got it's 1986 <laughs> Every, every time I see a dramatization of like murder police built before 1990, I'm like, how did anyone get caught for killing anyone? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you had to be a really terrible murderer before DNA. You needed like really obvious shoes. You know what I mean? You had to like specialty <laughs> make your shoes. Like, well, that's the only guy in town that's got those shoes. That's I mean, all B we got. BTK got away with it for like ever until yeah. he taunted the media again. Did you see these uh, these footprints? It says, I am Robert Wagner on the bottom. <laughs> Just like that? Oh, Jeez. God. That's we, a, who would have so, those shoes? So Arnold now has to fake his death, right, in order to start off this plot of him going undercover for the FBI now. Right. So Darren McGavin is like, look, dude, I have saved a paltry $45,000 which I did the inflation. It's like a little over $105,000 in 1986 wow. for this whole thing that has to like fit the bull for Arnold to go undercover. He's also, I, here's the thing. Is Arnold getting any of this money or is it just the promise of uh, Darren McGavin will get him reinstated into the FBI? It's because the main thing. Yeah, okay. that's the main thing. Getting reinstated. And then also Darren McGavin's son is killed in the... Yes. The, the early massacre so it's sort of a personal right. thing for him and arnold loves him like a dad i guess and so it's a personal for him as well yeah what he says is he's, when he's trying to sell him on it he's like all right arnold look i have forty five thousand dollars if you infiltrate the mafia and so on and he goes to pitch it and i was like all right so is that a payday for arnold but it's clearly to expense this no, scheme no 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 i will be paid in souls every man <laughs> i kill in the field is mine in hell my favorite thing about the Darren McGavin is when he gets so he calls Arnold first to set up the meeting and it's like a Dr. Claw scene like you only see his mouth and he's and I'm like we just met this guy like two minutes ago what is it and it's like a dark room and he's like yeah come to this place and I'm like dude just well, Chris, go with it Chris weren't you just saying how great great greatly shot the film is I mean, it's a lovely shot. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever, but it's a lovely shot. 
I do love uh, he, when he gets that call. He sits down in his house, ha- and Arnold sits down in, in his house, and there's an American flag in the back, just like "Hello, everyone, it is me. This is my American flag that my father gave me because he too was also American." I was named after my father's favorite president, George Washington. <laughs> yeah, you know, my father, he uh, took off his uniform, put on dead American uniform, crossed the zone. And, oh, wait, no, no, I mean, I mean, born in Kentucky. <laughs> the best yeah. thing about uh, the, the other thing about his home life uh, that I just I couldn't get over is his uh, his wife says something about the cake and he's and like, oh, we'll just eat cake from now. He's like, well, then we'll get fat. And then she's like, well, and he's like, no, like emotionally fat. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. He's got this whole like thing where it's like, we'll get fat. And she's like, no, we won't. He's like, well, but our souls will get fat or something like that. <laughs> Dude, you don't want a fat soul, man. Let me tell no. you. It's no, hard it to drag it around. <laughs> there is, it, it, he, uh, Darren McGavin lays everything out. And like, first Arnold is uh, reticent, but like Jamel says, he's like, oh, uh, it's his son. And they, they had a thing. There's a really harsh cut to black and then like they come back to the same scene and McGavin's like I want him dead and it's like okay that's a bad cut in this movie that's it's amazing dude it's not just a cut it's a fucking commercial break cut because he's like oh yeah and how was your son and he's like (laughs) dead and it fades to black and it's like next time on Raw Deal (laughs) and it comes back the bad guy we should say the the top bad guy is Sam Wanamaker Um, anybody Mm -hmm. know uh, who was the who was featured in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's the director of the of the Zapata episode. Yes, no, no, like a Zapata like mustache, <laughs> less hippie-ish, more Hell's Angels. Vroom oh. vroom. Because That's Sam incredible. Wanamaker did indeed uh, direct episodes of Lancer. He did. And he, oh t- wow! Yeah. TV, yep. Like and he's also a huge Shakespeare guy. Like he is responsible pretty directly for. The Globe Theater being rebuilt, like he, it's that oh, and Raw dude. Deal, like these are the <laughs> two things that Spanish does. In, he, he was in Sound of Music as well. Yes. The older. Yeah. This is so kid. funny though because my wife and I were in London in October and we visited the you know New Globe and his shit is everywhere yeah. there, like in the lobby and stuff, like honoring him and talking about his big push to you know restore the theater and everything. I did not put it together that it was the same person at all. That's incredible. Now you're a huge Sam Wanamaker fan. You Mr. Wanamaker for rebuilding the globe. You may know him from such films as (laughs) Raw Deal. (laughs) Where he's playing uh, mafioso Lou Patrovita, by the way. Right, right. Now, I I mistakenly conflated the two. An actor who was in The Sound of Music portrayed him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Oh, that's right. younger kid. Yes, that's correct. Um, so yeah, so the whole thing, Arnold going to cover and it's basically just like, he doesn't want these guys brought to justice. Arnold is instructed to like, fuck up this dude's operation, which is the way you want to go with something like this. I feel yeah. if you're hiring a, a bulldog like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he knows what he's going to get, which is just endless piles of bodies. Uh, we don't want to skip the fact that before Arnold even embarks on this, he has to fake his own death. <laughs> this yes, is great. Yes, this is insane. <laughs> Without telling his wife, by the way, because I mean, like, and that's the funny thing. That's, is, is that's she, how you got to do it, dude. Because otherwise, she knows, and you know, yeah, it's for your own protection. Also, I'm tired of you, and I'm likely going to cheat <laughs> on you pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I have to imagine that some of him saying yes to this proposition is a relief 
from having a nightly cake thrown at him. <laughs> yeah, I think had he not got the shit cake before, no raw deal film. <laughs> no, actually, we're pretty okay here. A cake every night. What is he complaining about? Well, he doesn't get to eat any of it unless it's off the fucking floor. She keeps throwing them. <laughs> I would eat floor cake. We are in the time of containment that I would eat floor cake right now. It could have been a sex game. That's why she writes shit on it. Like, you know what I mean? It's not actually doing it. Oh, it's honey, like... this is so romantic. It's like our old Scott days. Oh, my Lord. Come on. So he fakes his own death. Uh-huh. I love this because he's like, Oh, I'm checking out the robbery at the oil refinement place. <laughs> and he goes in there and he's like, okay, I will park the squad car precisely so. And it's be- it's next to all these oil drums. I will throw a stogie, walk away. They will think my body has been liquidated. <laughs> now, it's- now, now, look, Arnold, it's not you can't just set your car on fire. What you have to do is destroy property. That would just kill any other man financially. Like, um, they don't exhume a body. Uh, Then again, maybe any DNA didn't exist yet, but like nothing. nothing, Just a a car. They say those same dudes in red jumpsuits showed up without gloves and were like, ah, that's a burning car. It was his car. He's dead. Well, an explosion that big, dude, you're not finding teeth or anything anyway. Hold a second. He was a big guy. Is he the car? Put the car (laughs) and the body back. (laughs) That's him. It's just right. such a casual way to like fake your own death too. Like he just he's fucking in and out. It's almost as if he's thought about this plot before. Like, okay, I have my stogie. I'm gonna drive to the petrol plant. Done and done. Bing bang boom. Fake my own death. Excellent. They're just looking at a windshield. Like, yeah, this looks like his teeth. Yep. That's uh. We'll have to get that to the lab. I mean, before getting even getting to the teeth, though, it is it is the strangest death faking. Like the police investigators come. They're like. I guess he must have just parked his car next to this leaking gallon of oil. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Sounds not, right to us. Not to mention of any like night security guard that like may have eaten shit during all of this. Well, that's oh, hello, Otis. No, I'm going to just park my car by leaky. You know, the big vat I like to call leaky. They don't also, it's not, you don't have a scene of Arnold checking around like, Anybody in this oil refinery? <laughs> One last time. Is there anybody within a mile radius? I'm yes, honest. Jesus, exactly. Kaminsky, <laughs> 15 people died in your little stunt. <laughs> it's like and when Harley Quinn fucking blows up the chemical factory in Birds of Prey. Like one of the biggest yeah. explosions I've seen lately. Uh, oh, and, it's uh, beautiful. Now we uh, don't have energy. Uh, we're, do- <laughs> we're all staying home. Uh, no more gas for anybody. Yeah, this is only a couple of years after the gas crisis, dude. I'd watch it with that fucking that oil. <laughs> Not that far removed. Was um, it, does it was it a mm-hmm. dig at John Irvin to have, or was he making fun of himself by calling it Irvin Oil Industry? I think, I think it's just one of those movie things where it's like, oh, that's cute. Yep. Yes, yeah. Which so is he, to say, no one but the people involved in doing it and the person whose namesake it is give a shit. So Arnold uh, wants to, you know, he gets more of a dossier from Darren McGavin saying like, hey, look, it's this guy by Sam Wanamaker. He's got one mob and he's getting moved in on by Stephen Hill, who has this other mob. So the, the best way to get into Sam Wanamaker's good graces is to take out something of Stephen Hill's, basically. Right, right. Um, and the first of that is fucking up 
this like illegal gambling house. So it's like you have the Arnold transformation, which is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. It's Arnold like getting out of the shower. And I think there's like voiceover from Darren McGavin, like you're going to have to become another person or like whatever. He parts his hair differently <laughs> and just looks at himself in the mirror like, yeah, I can barely recognize myself. Good job with this disguise. He takes a, like a taste of tomato sauce and job done. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm Clark Kent. The move should be like he has a mustache in the beginning of the movie and then he yeah. shaves it for it to become the raw deal. That's fair. I yeah, he's like, oh, uh, maybe some remark about like I've had this mustache since high school. <laughs> I have to go into hibernation so I don't work out for a year, so I look like a different person. <laughs> and he's just like a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, him fucking up this gambling outfit is one of the most entertaining scenes of the movie, uh, and he starts it like just slightly, like he goes in, he's like. Yeah, I have a feeling this craps table is crooked. And he has the great light. He throws these like two little like magnetic, like marble looking things into the table and they stick to the table and he goes, magic or magnet? And <laughs> fucking flips the oh, no, table. No, sir, sir, sir. No, no, this is a magic table. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a whole uh, fantasy realm you've wandered into. This, this is the beginning of the scenes where you could tell this was written for someone else. Because in a proper Arnold movie, he would have said that line and it would have been like a nice beat for you to take it in. But it yep. happens. Like, there's no pause. It's just sort of like, it's almost an afterthought mm -hmm. that he says it. You're totally right. Yeah, he just goes to, into flipping the table and just like murdering people. Oh, yeah, he kills everyone in that in that, in that, in that room. <laughs> he throws a guy into the ceiling. <laughs> the, guy in, the guy in the ceiling makes the Jay Sherman being hung from the ledge in The Simpsons. Muh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just up there like lance over it well, he someone does... was bad mouthing macgyver again kevin <laughs> he beats up everybody in the house and it's an amazing thing and also like uh i wrote down like at least three times in my notes if anyone ever invents guns arnold is in real trouble in this movie <laughs> because everyone's like i'm gonna go try and fight that enormous fucking golem that is fighting me like no dude shoot this guy in the head and that's the end of your problem holy shit this guy's like some sort of terminator <laughs> <laughs> say tony do you want a flamethrower nah fist <laughs> and you know um it, it, he demolishes everyone in there then they do get their guns like we gotta get him and he drives this fucking dump truck into this establishment and oh, it's wonderful what, what i love about this too is like when he's getting into this truck and he's like pulling it up and like oh excuse me could you move off the sidewalk please i have to cr go across the street and the guy's like oh your uh, lights aren't on oh thank you and then he then he rams into it it's so awesome. And it's like, it's weird because like there's not a ton of comedy in this movie. So like tonally the movie's kind of off, but like I feel like the movie, again, which I do like, would be better suited if it was funnier shit like that throughout. Cause that lights gag is so funny. He's like, oh, thank you. And then just then you realize like what he's cause you don't know what he's doing at first. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, thank you. Lights turn on. And you realize he's positioned the dump truck like right in front of the building. And you're like, oh, that's a funny joke. Well, to Jamel's point, like it, it definitely feels like it could be written for someone else because Arnold is so good at comedy and it seems crazy not to lean on that as much. Definitely. Yeah. Because nope. this is just a hard. Uh, did anyone watch a trailer for this? Out of curiosity, I watched it right before we jumped. No, 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 no. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to the theater in 1984. <laughs> no, 
Uh, and first of all, I'm very, I, I, I'm afraid that I aged myself with my Murphy Brown joke, so I'm afraid to you talk did. about it. But this is a this is a YouTube clip that I I'm used. Officially, at, uh, by the way, I'm officially younger than you. <laughs> um, is when, uh, yeah, it's it just it's it's like Schwarzenegger got a raw deal. It's it's a very Schwarzenegger centric trailer. Like they were using the word Schwarzenegger a lot, and that's interesting. That's ha- yes. that has to be a product of just total post Terminator. Yes. Because like, I, I feel like that was this... the first time they you could love probably him as do a Terminator that, right? and raw deal. He's a small town sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wonder, like difference. A, was this shot first, and then like he became a star, uh, and then we're pushing it? Like I, I don't, it. you know, I don't, know, I didn't look it up. Uh, Steve, you, did you get a chance to print out your IMDb for the? I week? did not. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saddled without a printer, but I did uh, look okay. at the IMDb. Oh, and, you looked at it? Yes, I did. Well, this is a, this is a very like this is a De Laurentiis movie, but it also feels so much like a canon movie. A little bit. Anybody yeah. else get that? Vibe? Definitely has a canon vibe, which means like you could have put any old scumbag in this role. Charles and- Bronson would have been perfect for this oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, With yeah. The last name too, Kaminsky. <laughs> oh yeah, it's me, Kaminsky. I'm going undercover as a what's that say? An Italian. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> is it magic or magnets? <laughs> oh, see, he could say that line. That works. It would, work, it would actually work better with Charles Bronson. It kind of would. Um, so we have, uh, there's a really great thing where like the two, this is a funny scene, that you finally see the two families uh, meeting on some Chicago docks or something, uh, or like construction yard, and doesn't really go so well. There's a hilarious assassination attempt uh, on Petra Vita uh, by by Adam Schiff or Stephen Schiff, um, where it's like a school bus full of assassins, which was pretty great. <laughs> That's some <laughs> that is some straight up John Wick shit, and I don't mean the action; I just mean the world where everyone's an assassin. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, that yeah. you could fit a school bus full of them. <laughs> Into this scene. Oh, you know what? Because this is what this is nineteen eighty six. What year is yeah. it? Yeah, eighty six. Yeah. So that's when all the John Wick assassins were like in elementary school, <laughs> and they they would later get older and then become actual everyday hitmen on the streets of Manhattan in the John Wickiverse. Hey, I'm- hey, hey! All you back there, back in the back, stop stabbing each other. Stop stabbing <laughs> each other. Stop it! Don't make me come back there. I will stop this bus and I will break up you assassins. It's kind of like, uh, well, maybe the bus driver then would be Angelica Houston because it's her little like Russian dance school of assassins or whatever right. the fuck's going on in that third movie. I completely forgot see. about that. That all all yeah. that stuff from that movie has just like left my head. I just remember I remember Holly Berry uh, fucking up shit, and that's like, and in the final fight, that's all I remember from that movie. I remember uh, NBA star, what's his face, the, the enormous, uh, Boban Bogdanovich, the enormous oh. like, nine-foot-tall dude. That fight is tremendous in that movie. That movie kind of is like, eh, I don't know. But I, I, there's a lot of fun stuff in that movie. So Arnold's antics continue. Uh, he gets in um, this dude's limousine uh, as this woman is coming out of like the jewelry store or something or like shopping. Uh, I, will, I will say that this movie has more locations than any movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, they don't even use the same location twice. It's really weird. Like, yeah. every single time, it's something different. Like, Patrovita's got, like, multiple fucking hideouts that he's using. The one um, that gets reused a few times is Patrovita's, like, underground bar. Like, yes. you see that? That's where, like, the main uh, end conflict occurs. And also when he gets in the good graces of this mob. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, it's actually pretty awesome. I mean, kind of 
Funny enough, the same way with Next of Kin, there's a lot of on-location Chicago shooting, yes. uh, which is pretty great. And then all the times that it's either supposed to be like Arnold's uh, like small-town sheriff situation or the end of the movie where they're in that like uh what are that rock quarry yeah uh hideout though that's all i think north carolina um so lots of on chicago location which is pretty sweet uh but this is one of those things they're like you know driving through the streets in this limo and he's got like the gun on the driver and everything oh he's, he steals a stephen hill's lady and then like takes all of her jewelry or whatever and leaves them in the in the dirt kind of a thing right 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 speaking of Freaking birds of prey. It looks like an abandoned circus is where he fucking abandons them. <laughs> yeah, what is, I was like, what is this like outskirts of Chicago where you can still like see the city skyline? But it, they're just, and again, it looked like it was a dock. So I don't know if it's like something like near the river. I Ach, could not yeah, tell what this location was. Yeah, that is when I first fell in love with Mr. J. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have some bad news to report. Me and Putin broke up. <laughs> Man, I just rewatched that movie the other night because uh, Chelsea hadn't seen it. It fucking kicks ass. It, it was a lot of fun. Good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, fantastic. Yes, totally. I kind of wanted more Absolutely. of her because I'm a Huntress fan. Uh, but I thought, she, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. I, I, and Rosie Perez, the fucking rebirth of Rosie Perez. I know, dude. Mm-hmm. Isn't it something? I watched dude, White her... Men Can't Jump. That movie fucking holds up. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she and she's just great in it. Great, uh, great hats and all in that movie. Yes, <laughs> she, uh, her wearing the um, the t shirt in throughout oh, yes. the, the running joke of her wearing the the dick t shirt in that movie is so fucking great. Uh, yeah, so he he goes to Petrovita's like casino hideout, whatever you want to call it, to basically apply for a job, which is like yes. the funniest way I've seen anyone try to get into the mafia. N- number one way to tell someone's an undercover cop if they yep. just show up to you and be like i would like to do some crime with you hi <laughs> like that's just not how that you get recruited yeah it's so weird he's like uh yeah i'm from miami just checking to see if anyone here in the mafia is hiring right now <laughs> i mean you have to put yourself out there you know you can't just send resumes all day oh, yeah, you have no, to go the- into the store on the other this hand this a- seems like a really professional mob so maybe they do just take applications like that listen <laughs> I, I see we see you did not finish your bachelor's degree so we just need a little information about what happened <laughs> it seems to be the gap in your assassination career listen we don't have anything for you now but we're definitely gonna be looking in six months <laughs> oh okay? yeah and if you're, you're curious this accent is a florida accent it's, uh, yeah accent <laughs> yes because yeah of course i had some bath salts in my mouth <laughs> I come from St. Petersburg. Here's here's a, a headshot and my last five crimes. Just put that on the file. Yeah. Okay. Well, the manager isn't here right now, so just fill out this application and we'll make sure he gets it. If you turn the headshot around, you'll see me in a tennis outfit that shows that I have range. Um, so, uh, so before you leave, uh, would you like to take uh, some good and plenty with you? A handful of good and plenty for you. <laughs> Uh, this fucking also- candy bowl. <laughs> oh, the, ca- the it's Mike and Ike's, I believe. No, no, it's it's. You see it later when it oh. spills. It's good and plenty, which psychopaths to begin with. Yeah, totally, dude. Like, I don't this think is I've for ever eaten or seen good and plenty. I don't. Know. That's the thing. I thought. The, I thought those yeah. were Mike and Ike's. I've never seen a good and plenty. Oh my but. god! It is like whenever I would get one in like a Halloween bag, you wanted to burn that person's house down. <laughs> 
because it's Mike, it's Mike and Ike shaped candy that just tastes like licorice, and it is Ugh. it's rotten. Uh, candy it's coated rotten candy, candy coated licorice. Yum yum yum. Everybody <laughs> wants it. I would rather well, wipe my ass with these things. I see why there's plenty of it. <laughs> oh man, uh, is that bad? That's not bad. <laughs> It's kind of bad. Uh, they um, th- we inter- we're introduced to internet toilet uh, uh, Robert Davi in this scene. Absolutely. Oh my god! I meant to go check out to see his latest ramblings, and I totally forgot. Wait, I don't want to know guy... what he's up to in the COVID age. I is don't he like know. a is he like a Q guy? He's uh, like a crazy Trump guy who does like videos of him like front facing the camera, pointing his finger, and it's like, and you Democrats don't know. Yes, he like threatens Nancy Pelosi on a regular basis. Like, just get me in a room with Nancy Pelosi. Because his acting career totally shit out. And then he was like, well, I'm going to be like a lounge singer crooner, kind of like doing Frank Sinatra covers. But turns out that audience for that's all dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so then he's like, I guess I'm just going to be a right wing lunatic on the Internet. By the way, Jackie Mason tried to rebrand as that, too. But no one fucking noticed. <laughs> wow. Really? Jackie Mason? Yeah. Well, Davi has his 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 fingers on the pulse more because he has dashboard cam videos, and yeah. every Trump lunatic does dashboard cam videos. Well, dude, sometimes you gotta you gotta rant in your fucking car, man. Like those brilliant thoughts are not gonna wait till you get home. Yeah, it's and, Robert Davi, the star of Maniac Cop Three, the badge of silence here at a Wendy's parking lot to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is like the number two's number two, which yep. is kind of where it gets confusing i mean the whole middle of this movie is so arcane and confusing it is there's a lot going on ins and outs yeah so like arnold has this interview the guy doing the interview who talks out of the side of his mouth the entire movie really obnoxious uh you know is kind of like impressed with him robert davi's sort of not having it and robert davi like arnold leaves the interview and it's kind of like a well we'll give you a call and he leaves and robert davi sends like like three like you know mafia hitmen after him and it's like arnold beats the shit out of these guys pretty quickly in an alley and this is where ed lauder is introduced in the movie rest in peace uh and he's like a cop you kind of don't entirely know his deal right off the jump he's the same character in uh death wish 3 as well it's oh that's right it's one fucking uh, extra ingredient in the minestrone too much yes i agree (laughs) he's in it for three scenes and i'm like why what are you fucking doing here what Mm -hmm. like oh he he's a cop okay i don't see him investigate he just pops up at the death scenes and be like ah this is some guy huh (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if like they're just trying to keep it a mystery or something as to what his deal is until later in the movie. I think it's just like kind of unclear is yeah. more the more the thing. What is uh what is Arnold's name that he uses? Like the fake name? Joey Brenna. Yeah, there That's go. right, because they're like uh uh I believe it's Ed Lauder is like, uh what's the P stand for? And it Arnold's stands like, for pussy. Pussy, that is a hilarious thing that men would say to one another. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be on my way now. We're yeah, all you know, I was kind of like the uh, the boy named Sue. My uh, dad <laughs> wanted to toughen me up, so he named me Pussy. Like, I literally, was... I never thought anyone would ask me that question, and the first word that came out was Pussy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I was named after my uh, maternal grandfather, Pussy Gohavent. <laughs> <laughs> 
so there's a so a thing that complicates things for Mr. Petrovita even more is we have a scene here where there's like this babelicious jogger and she like runs up to this dude in a car and is like you know like oh uh you know like when was the last time you had a good piss and like sort of to get like into this house kind of a thing uh, and it turns out like she's undercover. It's a whole bust. They're busting Patrovita's like drug up. And this is s- interesting because it's like a suburban brothel they're busting. Yes. Which, dude, we had suburban brothels growing up upstate, Ooh. definitely. Those how existed you, where it was how like. How many did you visit? I visited none. I don't understand what that don't you need to take a piss line. Look, I wrote it in my notes, and then this morning I looked at it and was like, what was I on last night? I totally because forgot what that was. I think it's a thing where, and I have the movie on right now on mute, so I'm kind of watching it, but I think it's a thing where they use it to like see where the guy's going to go. Like, I think it's oh, like the code. guy's taking her. Yeah, and I mean, this, he this, goes into the house and they like bust them once they know like which house it is or something. I think she's, she's a cop and she's like, don't you need to take a piss? As in, aren't you going to let the door open for the cops? Oh, she pulls, she pulls the gun on him. I have yeah. Got it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I forgot I, about this gun. This is totally a middle of the nowhere like drug house though it's pretty great. But there's yeah. a great line the guy goes uh there's some one of the cops goes call the president. Looks like we just fix the deficit. It's <laughs> 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 like a uh, nice try. That is I mean, a why very can't we do that? 80s joke. Uh, <laughs> yes, it definitely is. I'm actually surprised this movie contains none of the classic 80s comedy that you would see in a cop movie like this too where at some point he's got to eat sushi and it's just a whole like ew japanese food yeah we got we also have i mean it's kind of this movie is so episodic it doesn't matter we go to a gay club and nobody drops an f-bomb i was shocked like i the second (laughs) they go inside club kink or whatever it's called and you realize pretty quickly it's a gay club. I'm like, here it fucking comes. Like, you know Dude, what I mean? Like, I'm I just getting not, ready for it. I could not believe that we came out of that slur free. It was not, shocking. And it's, you, yeah, it's actually pretty almost progressive because it's just like it's just treated like another house of vice. You know what you, I mean? In that regard, you get one look of disdain from Arnold on the way out. Yes. But that's it. Like, but that also might be disdain for Davi because like him and Robert Davi have to go to this place to bust it up on behalf of the mob they're working for. And Davi's going to like stab this dude. And Arnold just like, no, stand back. And he grabs this dude and like takes his whole body and runs him, <laughs> runs him down this entire counter full of makeup and stuff that these people that go and drag are, are, are you know, to perform in. And he gets covered with everything and covered in like red makeup everywhere. And he's like, look at this. Look in the mirror. That's what you look like dead. Dude, what a great fucking lie. He's like covered in like nail polish or something. Okay, like, this yeah, is yeah. what you're going to look like dead. That's what I just saved you from. My partner here was going to murder you. I mean, Robert Dobby's pissed. He's like, I was, I was like, I was like getting ready to kill that guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready. He was like, he was like, that soul was mine. Arnold. <laughs> look, look, if I don't take souls. My pot marks just get deeper and deeper. Oh man! <laughs> I need and then to eventually eat souls they become to... a portal to hell. Uh, so I I do love that one of the, like the most off putting parts of this movie is when Arnold is is back at Patrovita's gambling outfit and he meets Monique, uh, who he's kind of flirted with in the first meeting. He gives her like a thousand dollars in chips. 
so they like kind of meet outside. He's Arnold has a smooth as fuck thing where he like passes this cab driver some money and he's like, "We won't be needing you anyway." And the guy's like, "You got it. Have fun, fucking." <laughs> Uh, and they go back to her place, and he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I don't understand why people take sleeping pills. All these chemicals, they just make your brain hurt. Just three bottles of champagne does it for me. Three bottles of champagne? I would, I would not be able to go undercover for months. <laughs> well, dude, it's like getting a fucking horse drunk with this guy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah so that, they, that is Andre the Giant levels of like drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I need more wine. <laughs> I, I can't fall asleep. Uh, but so like they're having like a flirtatious night kind of a thing, and he passes out. But before he's got like drunk giggles, and Arnold having to play like he's like drunk laughing is truly unsettling. Like Arnold just like, ha, 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 I am so intoxicated. <laughs> oh, isn't it crazy being human? <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, this is before he found his like comedic, in, this is like pre twins, pre any of that stuff, wherever, like, yeah. whatever fucking stand up comedy class he took in like the late 80s hadn't happened yet. And like, he was just stone foot face murder guy. That's the joke. Exactly. <laughs> In this scene, right, he falls asleep and Monique is absolutely pissed. She was like ready to get it wet. And, totally. Uh, oh, yeah. She's like, I think the line is like, oh, great. Well, because he, I think she, t- he takes his shirt off. And she's like, holy fuck, this is going to happen. And then like he passes out and she's like, come on. But she had two missions. One I was never obviously... had sex with a horse before. <laughs> One was uh, one of the one of her objectives was to have sex with a horse, and the second was to go through his information and relay it on the phone to the mob and just to do a background check on him. She like reads his passport numbers, his his license ID number, and uh, that whole that right, whole thing. She's working for uh, Patravita. Yeah, and we also see her uh, ID, and it says uh, her name is Monique Hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, course, the, the yeah. famous Ms. Hands, yes. Yeah, that was a great reveal at the the, the rise of Hands. <laughs> Mr. Hands' mother. Yes, another uh, zoo, another classic right. zoo joke from Chris Cabin. Right now, for, for anyone him. who's normal that might be listening, uh-huh. and obviously Jamel as well, <laughs> Zoo was a documentary from the year 2007 about a guy who has sex or sexual intercourse with a horse. Yes, indeed. And Chris Cabin was like, this is the best movie of 2007. <laughs> it's the best movie, there period, will be blood. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no country for old men. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Zoo. <laughs> Michael Clayton, go fuck yourself. I want zoo. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, but he, he, he does also some hilarious fake snoring in this scene because he's pretending he's passed out. And he's like, <laughs> and he kind of like, and she's like, I guess that, that horse is asleep. And she like goes on the phone and he kind of, he knows that she's in on it or whatever. Right. They go dress shopping, which is fantastic at this I mall. love this fucking scene, dude. This is like another where could we place a fight scene that would be uh, equal parts uh, action-packed and hilarious at yeah. the same time. And it's like, yeah, he's like dress shopping with her. And also it's like Arnold, the whole thing with Arnold's character and like, you know, when Monique later like tries to make a move on him again and he's like admitting that he's married and everything, like, 
You're going dress shopping with this woman. Like, what the fuck did you think she was thinking this was? It's a pretty big signal. It's not a friendly thing to, like, buy it, someone a dress. Yeah, or, or, exactly. or even just go dress shopping. I think I've gone dress shopping with, like, three women in my life, and one of them is my wife, uh, <laughs> and the other two were previous girlfriends. Yes, right. That's- yeah, exactly. So it's like, what is she supposed to think, really? This is what uh, human friends do, right? They buy each other dresses <laughs> and suits. <laughs> It's also at this scummy mall, and he starts like, and I don't even know who these goons show up. Who, who I love this. These they're, goons they, represent at this point because there's so many ins and outs of this. They're movie. like walk. Well, I mean, the thing is like because there's there's Sam Wanamaker's mafia and there's this other guy's mafia. Oh, right, and right, they're right. like at odds. So yeah, you kind of don't know who or what. I, I want to say they're the same uh, Robert Davi goons because Arnold is like, oh, these guys again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I so think Robert that the guys. Davi- yeah. He's trying to test him slash wouldn't mind him being wiped out anyway. But what yeah. I love about this scene is these goons walk in with like bags of McDonald's and shit. And they're yes. like eating and they just throw it in the fountain <laughs> into the fucking store's That's, fountain. That, that to me is the wildest thing in this movie. If I'm, if I'm <laughs> walking around enjoying a burger and then I see someone I hate, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep eating this burger. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> That guy's going to be there, man. Finish that quarter pounder. <laughs> I do love, I mean, it, it, this, this mall is so shitty and he tears it apart. It just kind of reminds me of what, or makes me imagine what Arnold Schwarzenegger would be like in like the movie Chopping Mall or something, like him versus those robots. Well, that's like, I mean, the dream you get at the beginning of Commando. Yes. You know, when he's got them in the same mall, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, but I. Again, to your point, though, you slap Arnold in that movie. He's like fist fighting those killer robots, dude. Excellent film. No, no. He decides to join them. <laughs> Let us eradicate oh, want- these teenagers. Yeah, you want to kill kids. Yeah. There's a really bad uh, moment at the end of this fight scene when they're like running out of the store. Uh, there's really bad ADR, I believe, from Arnold, like. Yeah, it's definitely Arnold. They're running out of the store, and like the saleswoman is right there, and you just hear like total ADR Arnold just go out of my way, bitch. And you just we like, need one. Oh, you're like okay, like all right. The, a, the fucking fight scene was over, Arnold. We're gonna need to call you back. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> we need to add this line. No, it's just that. <laughs> well, no, there's a ton of bad ADR in this movie. Like this movie must have been cut to ribbons and like restructured and stuff like the. There's a lot of Sam Wanamaker lines that are just totally like he's saying one thing and you're seeing something totally different. Right, right, right. Um, so basically, you know, the whole thing now is like uh, Patravita and his goons and everything. Like he wants uh, this, the money and the drugs back. He's like, fuck this. I paid for that stuff, paid for those drugs. Like I want it back. The problem being uh, it is being housed in uh, a police headquarters. And it's like, well, how are we going to get it out of there? And there's a great line where the number two is like reading the newspaper and he's like, boom, there you go. New York City. Literally what we want to do just happened there yesterday. <laughs> Somebody robbed a police station. And, but then there's yeah, the stress of like, hey, that was an inside job. We don't have anyone on the inside. And then they go, they go through the logistics and I like, like, what is Arnold in the corner? And he's like, a bomb. <laughs> A bomb. And they're like, yeah, if they believe it, you can't just call in a bomb threat, which is fair. If you call in a bomb threat to the cops, they'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Get get, get, get back on the line. 
Yeah, and he's exactly. like, all right, okay, so that's you, that's a very good point. All right, if I want to continue my undercover operation, I guess I will have to blow up one police station first, and then blow up a second, and then threaten to blow up another police station. <laughs> then I could become head of the FBI? <laughs> Question mark. Look, look, Darren McGavin, I just had to kill 20 police officers, <laughs> and we're all set. <laughs> Because yeah, they they do. He's like, I have an idea. We'll we'll blow up a we'll we'll put a bomb in a police station. You see these other guys, these bomb dudes who kind of rule. Yes, who are, I love uh, the vending machine refiller guys. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. And they just put a bomb, like one soda can's a bomb, and like they sh- they find out a little later that it was a small bomb. But again, like you're definitely gonna kill one cop with this bomb. I'm sorry. Poor, totally. This is not a great poor idea. Guy just wants a mug root beer. <laughs> I imagine they go through that soda so much that like some guy actually gets the bomb and he's just like oh, just drink it. Well, that's what you need to do if you're doing a soda machine bomb. You want to see the guy who's like tipping it over, like God damn, I want my soda. That's how it actually went off, dude. Was some guy was shaking the machine and ate my dollar. <laughs> but it's th- also on the desk guy's part right here for fucking up because like these guys walk in, they're like, oh yeah, we're here to service the vending machine and. The cop is like, oh, well, what happened to the regular guy? And a tip for anyone out there, when you ask a question like that and the response is like, yeah, uh, that's what the boss wants to know, too. That dude is crooked. Your regular guy has been, like, murdered or, like, it's a yes. different day or something like that. And this the cop is just like, well, whatever. You go ahead and fill this vending machine, total stranger. I just imagine he has to be the guy who gets who gets the, the, the soda bomb and is like, oh, oh, God. Oh, well, I'm really thirsty. Um, <laughs> the device isn't really on where you pop the top. Maybe if I just do it just so and... <laughs> I wanted to do the do, but not like this. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, it's the beginning of the X-Files movie. And then um, this is when we find out um, uh, Frank from Murphy Brown shows up. This, <laughs> this uh, Whatever this other guy's name is, Matt. Uh, Michael Marvin Sof- Baxter. Marvin Baxter is the, the DA, and he shows up. He's like, this is going crazy. And they're like, yeah, we think it's a Petrovita gang war, blah, blah, blah. And there's this new element. And you kind of find out this guy is crooked here is the idea. Do you find out that he's crooked here, that Frank's crooked? Oh, no, you don't. I'm sorry. No, this is when Darren McGavin shows up and pretty much tells him immediately, like, by the way, I'm doing an undercover operation that is totally uh, off balance and not on the books, and it's just going to go totally fucking wild. Yeah, because he, yeah, because this is when he's like, because Frank is like, uh, you know, oh, what are you doing here, the FBI? You know, is this in your jurisdiction? And he basically, they get this whole fight about, like, you know, oh, justice, is that what you're looking for? Is it revenge? Yeah. And, you know, da 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 da. Uh, so, like, he's sort of in on it. Um, there's also this weird subplot right around here. It really kicks into high gear or high ish gear with Robert Davi and Monique's like sexual history. And yes. she's got a great line where she goes, uh, the only way we'll be lying next to each other, Max, is if we're run over by the same car. <laughs> Excellent line. Well, he even says, you know that horse we saw the other week? I'm going to buy it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I, right. uh, <laughs> you know, I heard you wanted to have sex with horses. so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I got one from the Preakness. Uh, I love this. I fucking the uh, scene where he tells her uh, that he's married. Oh, in the restaurant? I, I have to tell you about this restaurant. This is a <laughs> fine dining establishment. 
that is also apparently a nightclub that's yep. pumping Grace Jones in the middle of your fucking <laughs> meal. Like, I would love that, but I'm not thinking that the fucking yokels in the 80s are going to like that. It looks like the same restaurant from Ferris Bueller and the Blues Brothers. Except for it has a dance floor in the middle of it. See, well, you know, you know they, they were trying a different business model, Cab, and they're entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger I would totally buy as the Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I am Abe Froman, Sausage King. That, uh, I mean, but that is sort of like the, the weird, like, you know, not Arnold, Arnold movie thing is like, this romantic subplot that kind of goes nowhere is not an Arnoldy thing. Like no. he's usually he's usually a sex spot in movies. You know, what I mean? at least in this, in this phase of his career, it's like he shows up, women like their eyes bulge out of their head, they ball. It's great. That's awooga. Yeah, total exactly. Right, exactly, total yeah. awooga situations. None of this like, uh, yeah, I'm married, but uh, you are my friend and I care about you. <laughs> Shut up. She takes her dress off in the middle of this bizarre restaurant and throws it at him, which is awesome. Oh, I really love that. Oh, I love that. And because you can see even Arnold gives a great look, right? It's a great bit of like just visual at like, uh, you know, it's physical acting from him. He's like, like the look of like, oh, what is this person doing? This is I'm really embarrassed in this restaurant right now. I have to say. You should not wear clothes and drink. <laughs> no, I did not ask for your clothes, your boots, or your motorcycle. Put that dress back on. <laughs> and the way we left it with the wife, I'm not expecting him to go back there. Of course. Yeah. Why would I be thinking about that? No. They hate I each mean, other. <laughs> she threw a cake at you that said shit on it. <laughs> That's over. That's a divorce. I'm saying I call it divorce there. There's a crazy thing uh, kind of around here. They're like uh, spying on Lemansky here. Uh, and he comes out of synagogue and they're like, oh, can we get a shot at him? And there's like too many people around and Robert Duffy's pissed off. Uh, and he's like, what's with so many people? And Arnold's like, do you own the calendar? I bet it's a Jewish holiday. <laughs> and Robert Duffy's like, yeah, well, for his sake, I hope it's the Day of Atonement. Yep. Kind of a great line. I, I just love how inept Robert Davi is at everything. He's just so he's so angry at Arnold being like capable. Yes, which I mean, it's weird because that's Robert Davi's life in real life now is you know being angry at others for for being better than him. It does lead into a great chase scene though, where they're riding after this dude's limo, shooting the shit out of each other. Uh, kind of a great scene. That has a fucking hilarious line. I've never heard this expression before. Uh, they're like they're about to drive under a piece of machinery, and clearly, like most of the car isn't gonna make it. And so you have uh, uh, Lemansky yelling, "Grab your hats!" <laughs> as a, as a way to, as a euphemism for duck. <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. There's also one guy that gets a primo headshot here. You yes. see, like, blood come out of his head. I'm always in for that. <laughs> we got there's two of them because the guy in the beginning gets one of those, yeah, too. To, to this movie, there are, some, there are some very good kills throughout. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and this is this is Lemonsky's last, like, dance right here, right? Because this car, like, they grab their hats. This car goes flying, but then it, like, explodes. It goes through some sort of a factory, obviously. It, sure. It, it, it gets the, the dun, top dun, dun, ripped dun, dun, off dun. by a beam, <laughs> and then it yes. drives into a gas tank and explodes, which is very, 
and this 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 is when this movie becomes really like seventies esque, like when they're trying to run them off the road. These big Oldsmobiles. I felt like I was watching yep. Mitchell for a little bit. Yes, dude, because it is as cool of a chase scene as it is. Much like Mitchell, it's pretty uh, low on the miles per hour department. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is sort of like the last-ish act, I guess, right? I mean, there's yeah. no structure to this film whatsoever. No, not really. I mean, Robert Davi brings in, it's kind of great, like Robert Davi brings in some crime guy from Miami, and he's like showing him pictures of Arnold that he's had taken, and uh, the guy from Miami's like, oh, no, I knew such and whatever. Joseph, Joseph Pussy Brenner, yeah, I busted him twice in a week, and that's not the guy. Right, 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 right. And he's like, oh, well, where's, you know, Mr. Brenner now or something? And the guy's like, he's in the Caribbean for all I know or, you know, whatever it is. So Davi knows that something's up here. This is where you also, somewhere around here is where it's uh, confirmed that Frank from Murphy Brown is working for Patrovita also. Yes. So that's like another weird, crooked turn that this one, movie takes. One good uh, Robert Davi line here is when this this uh, crooked copy brought in from Miami. He's like, oh, I got to go back, back to Miami today because in the morning I got a uh, softball game versus the Dade County police. And Robert Davi says, huh. Cops versus cops. I got no one to root for. Yeah, totally. But by the way, uh, during the uh, uh, the stealing scene, when we get uh, them trying to rob the police department, anybody oh, right. anybody notice who's running the operations there? No. What, what part of the operation? The, the police department. Oh, the guy Remember behind the, the desk. You mean? Yeah. Do you know who that guy is? No. Um, you filthy animal. No, no way. Yep. Is that dude from the fake Home Alone movies? That's what was him, that called? Like angels have filthy hearts or some shit? Angels Angels with uh, filthy souls? Angels with dirty faces? Angels with no. dirty that's faces. That's a real movie. No, that's what it I think, was. I think, all right, good. Yes. All right. I think it's what good. it is. I will take, yeah, there's, well, I'm going to check the Google box. In one Home Alone movie, he's watching one. And then in another, in the sequel, he's watching like. I guess also a sequel to that movie or something. I want to say it took me like 15 years to realize that neither of those movies were actually real. You oh, know? I, was, I was a grown adult before I knew that they were, they <laughs> this, were fake. This yeah. in from the internet ticker, Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh, fuck. Right, Chris gets it. <laughs> Chris gets the point. <laughs> I learned this last year. <laughs> oh yeah see <laughs> it, I mean, it, no it is it's very like oh that's just a fa- that's a, wow they synced that movie up perfectly kind of a thing <laughs> this is kind of stupid in home alone 2 lost in new york it's angels with even filthier souls that oh. sounds like pornography i'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah yeah when something's advertised as being even filthier yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, oh, we have a great, so so the whole thing now is like, oh, we're really going to test this guy. We're going to make Arnold uh, take down Darren McGavin. Yes. Is is what we're in doing In a graveyard. Here. Like, and oh, he, he, yeah. He, he, they, they pick him up in a graveyard. They pick him up, we're going to go to the graveyard, we're going to kill somebody. He's like, excellent. This is more undercover work that I am doing, murdering people. <laughs> I think uh, I think the robbery of the police station does happen first. Yes, yes. The robbery, we should do the robbery of the police station, which is it's pretty so fantastic. good. It's it, again, it has nothing to do with this movie, kind of like. Well, it's the, like all of uh, Petrovita's, all of his money and his drugs, and they want to get it out of there. And then they have all these guys pretend to be a bomb squad, right, which is like, right. how does this even work? Do you get like 
you're on the police radio band and you're just like, no, nah, no, nah, real bomb squad, stand down. We got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't no, know we, we got it. Well, aren't the dudes in the van like intercepting the phone call though? Because you see the guy and he's like, oh, oh that's uh, fair. That's fair. Like there's there's one guy who's like uh like receiving a nine one one call or something, and then there's another guy that's like, oh yeah, they're like making prank phone calls at like a sleepover. They're like, yeah yeah yeah, bomb squad, we're on the way. <laughs> Sizzle chest. My my favorite. So so they get in there and they they steal all the all fucking uh, uh Wanamaker stuff back. And my favorite thing is like. All right, we got it all. And they just rush out like, hey, uh, I guess we don't have to talk to the bomb department after they're <laughs> yeah. done. I guess that's uh, <laughs> Bye, guys. See yeah, you no, later. These fake guys are like, no, no, stand back until we're out of the area. Yeah, even totally. Though, <laughs> even though we've already heard an explosion because they blow this safe, it's kind of cool seeing them like cut through the lock with this torch and spray out the cameras with black black uh, yeah, uh, it's, spray uh, paint. And- it's kind of like cheap heat. There, there are a bunch of these moments in the movie that it's like whoever, you know, the director clearly saw Thief and watched a bunch of Miami Vice. Ooh, Thief. I, I'm due for a rewatch of that. That's a great fucking Oh, yeah. Now sp- we're talking. Speaking of Miami Vice, you want to put somebody else in this other than Schwarzenegger? Don Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yes. He would be yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is kind of directed by, what was it, Michael Mant? Maybe like a contraction. <laughs> I don't I know. Do, yeah, I, I, wanted, I got it. They're got not it. all things. Uh, I would like to watch just Thief, but it's just the Jim Belushi getting shot by a shotgun, like kind of on a loop for like two hours. <laughs> I want to make an art film that that is that, dude. Well, there's all those um, like those YouTube videos where it's like, oh, here's this obnoxious song for ten minutes or something yes. on a loop or ten hours or whatever. I would watch Jim Belushi taking buckshot to the gut for fucking 10 hours on YouTube. Don't worry about it. I mean, in the movie itself, it's in slow motion, too. That makes it even better, right? It does. Oh, man. If, like, okay, so Schwarzenegger gets the assignment. He's like, okay, I'm going to have to eat a bunch of uh, ham sandwiches and uh, some hostess cakes and, like, Cut to six months later, Jim Belushi walks out. Oh, <laughs> nice. he's the guy. The kind oh, of a face-off kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about how about face-off, but with the Red Heat guys? Yep. Nice. Oh, so, shit. oh no, I have to become Jim Belushi. <laughs> Better <laughs> start eating, kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Better start eating. <laughs> what would like Jim Belushi be like in Arnold's body? I mean, that's the thing. It would be impossible. You would. He need would to, be like, the murdering. The- rapist madman probably yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to kill him the movie would then become we just have to kill this guy <laughs> it's like frankenstein's monster run a fucking muck dude five stars on grand theft Auto all the time <laughs> i mean that actually gives i mean that gives me the idea that arnold would be an excellent frankenstein oh yeah Ooh. surprised that never happened yeah well watch you know a lot of those earlier movies and just pretend it's kind Her- of Hercules in New York. He's kind of just Frankenstein. Yep. Yes. Pretty I, much. I've never seen that movie. Is that pornography or no, you wish? I mean, it, it, it also wishes. Yeah. Uh, he's in like a toga walking around Central Park. There's some interesting shots of New York, but I don't remember it being even eventful. Yeah, it's not. It's a very boring movie. You do get like the beginning where he's in wherever you know greek gods are said to have lived or something they call it olympus olympus Uh, (laughs) i don't know whatever and uh, it's a good diner i I kept wanting to say valhalla which i knew was wrong but the point (laughs) is there's like all these like babes all over him and he's like in this garden and you're like okay like this could easily drift into pornography 
no he, problems. He does have that one good line, friends. <laughs> friends. Well, uh, so we're at if this. There were, if there were yeah. a Frankenstein starring Arnold, it would have to be incredibly horny. Like, is it? Yes. 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 Raise the question. Like, so Doctor Doctor Frankenstein. All right. Uh, so you you collected assembled corpse pieces to make a person. I get it. I got it. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, but. Uh, your monster here looks like a sex toy. <laughs> no, it's yeah, literally like, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show at that point. It's exactly yeah, yeah, it's you really, made yeah. Adam. Yeah, it's like Science why did you fiction double feature? <laughs> yeah, I mean you're building something for sex clearly, and I think yeah, that was absolutely. the intention of Frankenstein in general. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, come on, that guy. I spent a long Ooh. time looking for the hogs. <laughs> it's got an abnormal brain and an abnormal hog. It's just it's it's it, Igor shows up with like a, a bucket full of dicks. And he's like, which one would you like? Honestly, Paul Pick Giamatti. your dick, my master. Paul Giamatti as Doctor Frankenstein. Ooh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. gonna make a sex bot. It's alive. Oh yes, not too late for that. I also would like Old Man Frankenstein if it's like. Arnold now as yeah. Frankenstein, like, oh, we can only find this six, the corpse of this 68-year-old bodybuilder. <laughs> like, it's like it takes place in an alternate reality where Frankenstein, like, kills all the townspeople, like, yes. takes the pitchforks away and starts sticking them through. Oh, fuck, I and would then, so watch that movie. Then he retires, sort of like his role in uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Right, He's right, just yeah. hanging out. It's yeah, a- this is uh, Frankenstein's uh, carpeting surface, and that's my son. He's at the he's at a cemetery, and he's at the graves of uh, Wolfman and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Like, all my friends are dead. They all died. <laughs> all right, I I want this movie more than. <laughs> Oh, he's so fucking awesome. It seemed like the magic in the world was running out when all the other monsters left. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm very into this I would film. I would watch this in a heartbeat. Uh, 20 tickets, <laughs> I'll buy it at theater. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this the cemetery thing, you know, it's kind of a hilarious, like, Darren McGavin is at the grave of his son, it's kind of confusing because, like, he's at a grave while there's also another funeral happening simultaneously. I, I think that's, like, sort of the fake out is you think they're going to attack this, like, a mob funeral thing, but it's, we're actually just attacking this one mourner. I feel like if I'm – I would know you from behind, Andrew. If I was sent to kill somebody and you yep. were at a graveside, I wouldn't just be, like, ready to kill that guy, but – I'm pretty sure that's Andrew because I've known exactly. him for like 20 years. It is. It's such bullshit that it's only when he like turns around and you see Arnold like, ah, no, it's my good friend. No, it's like, come on. And he even says to him, too, like after he's gunned down and, you know, everybody kind of escapes and whatnot. And Arnold is just holding him and he's like, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't see it was you until it was too late. And I'm like. <laughs> Come on, man! You definitely knew it was your friend. This is great, though, because we there's another another goon that gets taken out by Arnold or Darren McGavin, and then Arnold has to take out Robert Davi, and it happens very quickly. But we get like these slow mo shots of Robert Davi being shot with this weird sound effect, like oh, like this weird like yeah. music orchestrated <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking rad, though. Uh, so like all these dudes go down. Great, hilarious thing. So the actual funeral service that's happening. 
they hear the gunshots because they're fucking six feet away. And so clearly they start running. Did you catch the thing? One dude definitely falls in the grave. Oh, and, then he, he? and then he I peeks out at that. the end and he's like, is it over? Is it There's over? There's a guy, he fucking face plants right into the grave. It's amazing. Um, so this is kind of like the last, so that now that Darren McGavin is down, uh, Arnold is going oh. full on monster man. Yes. And there's one thing I had to point out, just speaking to the music, because Eric, you mentioned music cues in, in this scene at the cemetery. Did everybody know, uh, crook their eye, but then appreciate the fact that when Arnold like sets him down and it's like, okay, time to go into monster mode. Like speaking of monsters, it sounds like this is orchestrated by Oingo Boingo right here. Yes. Like he's he walks out of the cemetery and he's like, it's the dead man's Arnold. <laughs> it's it, there, there's big dick synths throughout this movie. Yes, yeah. the are. theme is like, I love that one. It's like so it's supremely eighties, but in a way, again. Back to Jamel's theory that this movie was for somebody else. This is like a score for a movie that stars somebody else. This is not a score appropriate for a dude that's two years off the fucking Terminator. But it's it's really fucking uh, De Laurentiis trying to steal the uh, Golden and Globus' heat, too, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He really is. I, I bet he was pissed off uh, that those dudes were making so many movies and also making them so cheaply. Yes. Like, De Laurentiis was always running out of money, including making this movie. So he had to envy those guys, I feel, on some level. I think that's why Arnold puts on a pleather jacket instead of a leather jacket for his <laughs> rampage. Yeah, he goes into his hotel room or whatever, and he like opens up this big suitcase full of guns. And you know that there were action movie heads, because like, he pulls out a machine gun, he's got it. He pulls out an Uzi, he's got it. And then last, he pulls out the shotgun. He knows some guy in the opening night is like, yeah, fucking shotgun time! <laughs> I just gotta ask, Absolutely. As somebody who spends a lot of time in hotels, or who did in the before times, it's <laughs> really strange to me that no one at the hotel noticed that he was lugging the suitcase full of automatic <laughs> weapons. Yeah, totally. Because you get a shot of this thing like on the bed, it's massive. And the only thing that could be in it is tons of guns. I mean, it's like a cartoon. Like, it should have, like, the rifle, like, coming out of the side of it and, like, yep. the shotgun yeah. coming down there. Yeah, he it's tries like, to hide it by putting a hat on top of the barrel. <laughs> it's like when the mask pulls out all the guns at the end of the yep. mask and he spins it. It's that. He's got all these guns and he goes to the – and you get this this amazing uh, voiceover of Darren McGavin being like, shit always goes down at the quarry. And he's like, I will now go to the quarry voiceover. <laughs> Thank I, you for the reminder. It's so great, though, because I don't think that he's said that in the movie No, he prior. doesn't. It's, it's not a rem- rememory. Someone, I mean, I someone does mention the the whole, like, the pit or the quarry. Is like, I think it was Robert Davi. He's like, oh, if, if Arnold doesn't work out, we can just throw him in the pit. Oh, yes. Because okay. there yeah. is, like, this rock-crushing machine that we'll later see oh. a dummy fall into, and it's just... Oh, man, it's fucking primo. But, yeah, this is voiceover is hilarious it's like yeah if, if he ever tells you to go to the quarry 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 you're never <laughs> gonna come back from the quarry 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 and then, then on his way uh arnold raids uh, uh martin scorsese's tape collection because <laughs> he's got this fucking he starts playing satisfaction i'm like what movie am i watching <laughs> and dude i'm sorry raw deal too little too late if yes. this guy needs rock and roll to assassinate people 
which is awesome. I have no problem with that. That has to be like he's putting on headphones yeah. during a scene earlier or like turning up a radio somewhere before he starts killing people. The fact that this is like a one-time occurrence in this movie, unacceptable. Oh, have you uh, heard of uh, Huey Lewis and the News? <laughs> <laughs> I think they really came into their own on this one far. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's so crazy. He's like kicking out this windshield uh, beforehand, which is great. So he can, you know, shoot people more easily. And he just drives around this quarry shooting dudes off of like cliffs and like they're landing on stones and amazing. Shit. Amazing. And this is where we see one guy fall into the gravel crusher and get oh. like chomped up by this thing. Great Dude. kill. Excellent. Yes. We're, we're a few years from being like, um, Video games are what movies are, and movies are video games. But this felt very video gamey to me. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, I mean, so much so, I was I, I was reminded of a game that I just started playing on PSVR called Blood and Truth. And the opening thing in that is like you are driving, someone else is driving you, and you're in kind of like a rock quarry looking place, and you're shooting like out of a car at dudes who are trying to kill you. But um, I think like the the critique of like movies, like oh, this movie's just like a video game, which you'll hear a lot nowadays. It's just like that's you're just so you're just saying video game instead of fun because <laughs> this yeah. is fun. No one was no one was really playing any type of sophisticated video games in 1985 or whenever no, they no. shot this. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. So it's just fun. I'm just saying, like it's fun. Like oh, your yeah. critique of 1917 is it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Oh, is that is that a critique that movie received? Was it feels yeah, like a video yes, game? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Now that I mean, it's on rental, I still have to check it out. I like that movie. It's, it's fine. It's, yeah, I, had I mean, I enjoyed three and it. And a half, all... Yeah, yeah, three and a half, four star movie out of five. Um. Oh, uh, here's a a weird like sort of rare for this character in this kind of a movie. Arnold like makes the mistake of just accidentally driving into a bulldozer and is kind of like wounded for a little bit He's i like kind of like this and like i usually don't like when a musical cue changes so fast and it yeah. just he hits into this thing and boom that song is off and i guess because yeah. it's diegetic because it's on the radio and the radio is fucked now sure yeah 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 well, well no because then it goes into <laughs> get down here bowser come on yeah i'm down in your beach. sewer i'm below your castle in your sewer let's go would would watch the movie. super mario brothers starting out for saying who's luigi in that case you gotta go stallone i think yes i think it's it's arnold well i, I don't know you gotta be taller than arnold maybe louis maybe it's stallone tom noonan <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah this is my brother tom noonan we are the sewer brothers oh yeah. man yeah speaking of michael mann dude absolutely yeah oh we, we, we'll take care of bowser we'll take care <laughs> of him really good <laughs> luigi only comes out at the end and does really weird shit uh yeah uh here's my brother luigi i'm just going to wait over here it's about to get really unsettling <laughs> um, yeah, behold yeah. a red dragon Yes, Stallone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, if Stallone has to be in the movie, Stallone can be Wario. That, oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Now we are talking. Now, friends, uh, we, have, uh, we have a movie on our hands. We have a movie on our hands. This is what though. they should do if they redo Super Mario Brothers: is lean into that Wario stuff, do like a weird Doctor Strange parallel mirror lands. Yes, mm-hmm. make it trippy as fuck. <laughs> I would fucking love it, dude. I would absolutely love it. Then John Turturro can be Waluigi. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think well, I don't think Totoro is sexy enough to pull off Waluigi. Fair, but fair point. Just... A fair point, <laughs> Steve. Uh, so like the only the only scene that's left is the big scene of infiltrating the hideout, the last level of the video game. He steal. I mean, the only piece of consequences here is he takes all the money from the drug thing that's been going around. By the way, this yep. movie has the fakest looking money I've ever seen. It's really bad, right? Okay, it's I really thought it was bad. crazy. It's really bad. I just want. Yeah. I, I need to say that before we we close. <laughs> I didn't uh, even yes. notice because I'm I'm one of those saps that's just like, hey, money, cool. <laughs> Um, this is when, yeah, so he, he, it's, it's a a meeting with Sam Wanamaker and all of his guys like, we got to get rid of this guy. Oh my God, he's outside. And that's when he (laughs) infiltrates, which kind of rules. And this is just, and everybody's here. The number two is here. So is Frank from Murphy Brown and everybody's just kind of hanging out. And he, so is Frank, uh, (laughs) Frank from Murphy Brown. Uh, yes. So is, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, best friend and confidant Sven Olthorsen is one of the bodyguards. Businessman Sven Oli Thorson, which is yep. pretty great. He's got this like power mullet going on. It's working for me. It's so awesome. And he's just like, you know, he's wrapped up in the shenanigans at this bar. He and Arnold, you can tell it's a thing where he's like, yeah, you know, uh, it would be really great if there was a scene in this moment where uh, me and Sven could uh, kind of have a little fun. I'm, of course, going to kill him, but uh, we have a little cat and mouse because it's like, like he's the only dude left standing at one point and he has to like he's like dodging Arnold and Arnold's like hiding behind part of the bar yes. yeah you know how like so Sven is going to be in every movie of mine and you know the expression Sven dive well we need a Sven dive every movie needs a Sven dive <laughs> You know, Sven and me have this, we have this joke, yes. Uh, I say he marry a squib because I always kill him. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to marry a squib, Sven. <laughs> he does have a fucking hilariously, like, theatrical death because Arnold shoots him. And then do you see this, like, Sven? Yes. He raises his arms in the air and pulls down a rack of glasses. It's amazing. It's, and he's, his, his stomach is all shot up. It's great. Dude, it's like professional wrestling. Like, My God, Sven Althorsen fell into the glass cabinet. Uh, you, you, it looks like there's a lot of bad guys in that movie. Is there anything for me by any chance or not just Sven only, huh? Uh, Jesse, I'm having trouble hearing you. I think no. there's a bad connection. No, I just got this car phone from Carphone City, buddy. This is going to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'll have to call you back. Uh, <laughs> Don't pull this shit on me again, man. You definitely wait for my call, though, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, and, and this is a great, he's plowing through people with machine guns. It's fantastic. It's pretty yeah, glorious. It's, it's another great, uh, you're seeing him, like he only goes in with so many guns, goes through that shit immediately, and then is like picking firearms off of corpses and yes. continuing the mission. Yes. He genuinely gets the party started. Because <laughs> he shoots lights and they turn on. Yes. Dude, that is an entertaining and dumb as fuck moment. Where, like, like, what the fuck is this? One light bulb can get shot out and then a bunch turn on and start twirling. <laughs> I his love it. Bulb. His number two doesn't even get a, as good of a, get, a death as Sven Thorson. He's just kind of part of the fodder, which is kind of a problem. It's this like he's been part of the movie. Yeah, and he and he's had a lot of lines. He had yes. that classic Arnold job interview at the beginning of the movie. And he really just kind of gets wasted as an afterthought while Arnold is chasing after uh, Patravita who gets a stellar oh. shot through the oh back, just ripped up. He gets shot to soup. 
Yeah. He becomes fucking Campbell's soup in this movie. That is what you want is your hero to shoot an old man in the back, isn't it? Well, he's in the mafia. Hey, listen, yeah, crime, sure. crime doesn't pay. <laughs> that, I have, true. Thank I you. I have now learned that. <laughs> no, I will let you retreat. I was Bo- kidding. <laughs> What's rad about it is like he totally just fucking murders that guy, gets the job done. There's no like... And again, because I think, you know, it's a movie that wasn't made for Arnold. Like, there's no line. There's no standoff of any kind. He just fucking rips this dude up. He's dead. And that's it. Mission over. But the last guy he kills is Frank from Murphy Brown, the DA that he's been. Great moment, though. That exiled him to the FBI, to out of the FBI. And like he's like whimpering and crying, obviously because he's seen wholesale slaughter. I mean, I, I feel like if you're not crying in this scene, there's something wrong with you. Am I uh, incorrect here? Did I catch right when they go back and Arnold notices him? Yeah. Like he notices him before uh, Arnold notices Frank before Frank notices Arnold. Yeah. And is this guy not trying to kill himself? And like the bullet, uh, there's no bullets in the gun. I might have missed that. He's holding it. like a little pistol, and it's like. Aah! And he like I think he pulls it and there's just no bullets left in it. He looks like and he's, then, he's looking like he's robbing corpses. Like he's <laughs> just like feeling up the corpse a little bit. And I was like, what is he doing? I think what yeah, I think what he's doing is he he's looking for a gun and he tries to kill himself and there's no bullets. And then Arnold gives him an actual gun and gives him the same ultimatum resign, which in this case is kill yourself or be prosecuted any way, any way you want it. Arnold turns around and uh, because it looks like he's going to kill himself, he turns around, but then Frank obviously pulls a gun on him and then he shoots him right in the chest. Just wasted. So it's like, okay, and now you also just murdered the fucking Chicago <laughs> DA. This is going to go over real well in Promotion, your please. Yeah, totally. Listen, I don't think I understand the choice of, of if I'm the DA and I've been handed a yeah. gun. And he kill yourself or I'll kill you. But he's just walking away. Just like, <laughs> yeah, right. just hang out. I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> like, you know what, dude? I'm going to take the credit for this. He's got his story. I got mine. There you go. Right. <laughs> ex- yeah, exactly. It's, and I've fucking destroyed this guy's life once before. <laughs> I have his name. I can, like, call him out. Like, you know, it's all right there. I mean, he just I think he's been hanging around the mafia a little too long. He thinks he's king shit. You know what? You fucking dance with the devil, dude. Mm-hmm. How do you shoot the devil in the back? What if you miss? Uh, <laughs> oh, and when the crime scene investigation happens, we get that cop that we've seen multiple times during the whole uh, P is for pussy interaction. And he's like, oh, I think that leak we had has been plugged. Yep. Which is another yep. good line. That's almost like what you'd want the action star to say. Exactly. Instead, it's like character actor Ed Lauder, who's like yeah. ninth banana in this movie. <laughs> And then we get this fucking ridiculous Casablanca scene. Dude, I was loving it, man. It's because earlier on he's like, "All right, go to the uh go to the airport. I will meet you there." At, at and to 10 charter o'clock. a plane as yes. well. Don't forget to charter a private <laughs> plane. Like if I were her, I'd be like, "Well, how the fuck do I do that? How do I go about chartering a plane?" <laughs> Can I stretch Arnold? this over a Visa, Discover, and Mastercard? <laughs> I mean, it's a Casablanca scene where the husband is money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, better money than fucking Vichy French man. Come on, uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like she takes off, and then Ed Lauder lands in a helicopter, and they basically have like a, I believe this is the start of a beautiful friendship kind of exchange. 
and then like the movie, man, the movie really needs to end at at this <laughs> right, airstrip. Now, Absolutely, she's she's gotten the like a, high, a quarter million dollars. Just yeah. go on the plane. I'm not coming with you. Yep. And then but, it should it should probably end because they just have an exchange and Ed Lauder's kind of like oh you know the second I saw you I knew that you were working with somebody I knew that you were going to slaughter the entire Chicago mob <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. why I just let you hang back and do my job for me <laughs> also the DA and a couple of cops but hey I got my revenge <laughs> well, <Yeah>. I- <laughs> I saw you uh, eat that uh, glowing star, which meant you were invincible. So I was going to let you run for a little while. I da, broke da, da, so da, many da, bricks da, with da, my da. head. <laughs> um, but the movie does not end there. It unfortunately ends with Darren McGavin in physical therapy. This is kind of great, too, though. I, I mean, this movie even, keeps delivering. You did not even see this guy known to be shot. I mean, like, he was shot like... You assume he lives like maybe it should just be a hospital room scene. But this physical therapy scene is a bit rich because the whole thing is like if they kill Darren McGavin, no one's going to know that Arnold was helping him because there's no official record. So that should be the whole thing is like, oh, no, you know, he could be dead. How am I going to prove that I was, you know, quote unquote, undercover for him doing this whole thing? And then all Ed Lauder needs to say is like. I like at that airstrip, like Arnold, I know that you're one of us because, uh, you know, Darren McGavin has lived. He was at the hospital. He told me the whole story, blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's like, yeah, okay. Now you walk a couple of feet to me. Uh, also, my wife is pregnant. Uh, <laughs> she's no longer throwing cakes at me. Uh, her drinking is cut back significantly because of the pregnancy. My reunion with Amy has been a big success. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I she guess she threw- dried out, and I guess I don't know. Was his death something that made that was her- the real wake up call? Maybe was- when she threw a cake at him again, it was a gender reveal cake. I guess is the idea. <laughs> yeah, we're having a baby shit. <laughs> uh, and yes, he's like oh, all this stuff. And by the way, you have to because he, you know, McGavin's like I'm just a useless cripple, and it's like <laughs> blah blah blah, and it's like oh no, you have to walk again. Please, you have to be the godfather. You can't be that in a wheelchair yeah. or would, something. Would you be a quitter if Blair was seeing this? Dude, he like starts so, to get into his dead son. It oh is a, it's like too much. He Way plays much. the dead son card, dude. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to quit? Did you ever quit in front of Blair? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger having to say the name Blair is magnificent. He's here with us <laughs> now, you know. I sense uh, him. Yeah, He's standing you can, uh, in the room. You ask him. You ask him a question. He will answer it, and I will hear Blair's response and tell <laughs> him. Camera pans now to a... the right. Blair's force ghost is just. <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> okay, now Blair is saying something with an M. What? What do you have on that? What do you? Come on, give me something to work with here. Blair wants to know. I'm getting the name Louise. <laughs> do you know a Louise? Ah, yes, I'm getting the, the sound from Blair. He's saying, stop being a pussy. That's what he said. He says from heaven, stop being a pussy. But from Darren heaven. McGavin's had like six lines in this movie. It can't end on him and this fucking Awakenings-esque like, hospital scene. <laughs> Dude, the, the best part about it is the physical therapy nurse who just starts crying at I Arnold's feet. And then fucking force goes to Blair and Yoder in there looking at <laughs> looking at. <laughs> 
It's gone. Blair, Yoda, uh, Abe Froman, Qui-Gon Jin. Um, so yeah, it just I mean, this freeze frame, it's like speaking of Sylvester Stallone, this is like right out of a Rocky movie. Yeah. I don't know what this is. It's not the end of Raw Deal where he's killed 70 people. You know what I mean? Like, again, yeah, yeah. Again, it, it's it's sort of we just not five minutes ago saw Schwarzenegger methodically kill dozens of people. He shot an old man in the back. He doesn't get to do this fucking like you can do it scene. And he knocked a man into a rock grinder. Some of those guys were unless just- unless the scene is him transferring the souls he took into him. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, you, some of those guys were just bookies. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Not all of them were like cold-blooded killers. Some of them were just like pushing money around. Sure, sure. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just ends on this freeze frame. The score is, you know, saxophone delicious. Yeah. Uh, right through to the very end, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it yeah, it kind of just like craps out on this dumb freeze frame of the two of them. And I'm like, all right, so it's the main character. And like... Yes, a dude who was a character that was the catalyst for this story, but I maybe he's you know back with Amy. And yes, you're pregnant. We're on the porch, you know, or maybe yeah, he decides like small town sheriffing is for him after all. That would be something. That'd be kind of a growth of the character, and also you need to sh- if you're if you're keeping that wife around, you got to show her again. Yep, you absolutely do. That's yep. I I say the last shot should be him coming going back to the house. Uh, uh-huh. And everything's gone. She's not there. And it was a lie. <laughs> oh, they told Darren McGavin to make his life not seem like the saddest, most bloodthirsty thing that's ever existed. Fuck, that would be awesome, actually, Kevin. I like that. I'm um, all but- alone. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a new hardship of pain. <laughs> I hear you, Arnold. <laughs> Sorrow. Uh, as it stands, though, that is uh, the end of Raw Deal. Uh, so uh, I will put it over to uh, our good buddy, Jamel. Uh, as it was your pick, sir. Would you recommend this movie to the, the movie-watching public? Absolutely, it is a it's a it's a lesser Schwarzenegger. It's a minor entry in his grand filmography, but I think it's a lot of fun. It's so silly, um, and so like I said at the beginning, like incongruous, like sort of nothing really fits about the movie. But I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Totally, uh, Eric Siska. Yeah, definitely, I agree with everything that Jamel said. It, it's also like it's like a perfect movie almost for me because it's like. I always have an Arnold itch and I'm always dying to scratch it, but yeah. I also have like 80s mafia action-y movie itch and it's like, it's two great flavors together. Yep. So definitely, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah. Steve Sadak, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, 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 it's, a, it, it's a recommend for me. It's also a seeing is believing because this movie is so incomprehensible. It's like a weird <laughs> labyrinth of stories that you're like, wow, they really did it. Like, yeah, it, 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 it's super fun. Arnold is great in it. Not really, but great anyway. Uh, a lot of deaths. Really, really fun. I've of- killed the Minotaur in this labyrinth. <laughs> uh, Chris Cabin? Uh, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite uh, Arnolds. Uh, I like him, like Bronson, like most action uh, stars, actually. I like when they go peculiar. When mm-hmm. things just don't seem right in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> like Kinjite uh, uh, for uh, Charles Bronson. 
Oh, sure. Yes. Like yeah. the stuff where it's just what is happening here. Um, <laughs> and also it's great. Uh, the on uh, the Chicago shooting is actually really good. And yeah, you get to see Navy Pier before they fucking put a mall and a Ferris wheel there. It's kind it's barren and it's amazing. It's kind of amazing. Is that where he drops off the, no, the two people in the limo? When there's the big car chase, when they're trying to kill a Lemonsky. Uh, oh, OK. They, they go through uh, the pier and I was just like. That looks really familiar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's not a humongous fucking park and a Ferris wheel in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would totally recommend this movie. I had not seen it in a really long time. Uh, and not only is it underseen, Arnold, I think it's underrated, Arnold. Nobody talks Big about time. this movie. Um, I think it also just suffers from having, like, bad poster art for the cover. Yep. Like, if you look at this, like, you know, I've passed by. It's just him in, like, a white tank top with the gun. And it's very, like, unexciting. Um, And this movie, I think, is exciting. It's a weird, not, you know, like, the character isn't necessarily supposed to be fish out of water because he's undercover, but, like, it's actor out of water. Yeah. Uh, You know, because, like, he just, it's it's a movie that's kind of too complicated, you know, plot-wise for Arnold. It's just a different kind of crime movie. But to Eric's point, too, it's a great mashup of Arnold and like vague drug trade action yeah. movie, uh, as as we say around here. And uh, I I had such a fucking ball with this. I cannot uh, recommend it enough. And that is Raw Deal from 1986, directed by John Irvin. Uh, thanks so much, Jamel, for hanging out. Uh, we always love having you on the show, and it's great to see you. You know, on camera, doing well during all this crap. Thank you, Sam. To y'all, good to glad to be here. Glad to see you guys doing well. Um, and so uh, you can, of course, find Jamel's writing on uh, the New York Times uh, once a week. You have the column up, sir. Is that correct? Twice a week, technically. Oh, tw- oh OK. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Lately, so- not so much, but <laughs> fair. Uh, well, and check- you do awesome uh, uh, Q&As, which I always love those. You do on Twitter live pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually once a week I do one of those. Although now, because I think everyone in opinions going insane, um, uh, everyone is doing them and they're happening uh and they're not necessarily about my column each time. Yeah. So I think last time someone grilled me about cereal that I like to eat. <laughs> hey, you do those cereal reviews, man, and they are comforting as hell. I will. Those say. are great. I love those. <laughs> you find such weird cereal. Well, I, I got a box shipped to me from General Mills full of uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice sponsored full content, man. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for us. Of course, head on over to patreon.com slash we hate movies uh, for more content there. We got a new episode up on John Carpenter's The Thing for We Love Movies uh, month's selection. Uh, the Nexus is still going. Uh, you know, all the usual Patreon suspects are still going on and we and, should. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Oh, and if you like uh, if you like shitty action movies, we're doing The Exterminator on a side order of sleaze. At the $8 level, just an FYI, that's coming. That's right. Side order sleeves is coming out of mothballs. We are bringing back a really old feature during these quarantine days, and it's very exciting. Uh, So look out for that in the month of April. And, of course, the ongoing uh, quarantine project here at We Hate Movies over on the free feed uh, is Melrose 210, where uh, each week, twice a week, uh, we cover uh, one episode of Beverly Hills 90210 and one episode of Melrose Place uh, to give you that 90s nostalgia when we could be outside in the sun, just having <laughs> sexy times again. Uh, so check that out. That airs every Monday and Thursday uh, right here on the main feed where you got that episode. Uh, so uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Steve Sadak, what is going on next week on the program? What do we have here on the main feed? Uh, we are 
are talking about an oft-requested film, Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. There it is. Great yeah. movie. There Very excited. <laughs> I've never seen that movie all the way through. Oh man, I actually it. do kind of. En- I actually do kind of enjoy it. Oh, dude, it's campy as hell fun. And Steve, I'm pretty sure I watched it at the old Astoria apartment where you, you know, lived at least twice. <laughs> I'm sure. Actually, I probably I haven't seen it. This Steven Sadek, yeah, but. Yes. That other guy who doesn't exist anymore, he saw it a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, So until next week with Cool as Ice, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Jamel Bowie. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.